Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Welcome to another edition of Kicks and Bricks. Today we have two brothers who are in the forefront of mental health in the sports world and and in our communities. They're from my backyard of Brooklyn, New York. Um, Dr. Kendall and Kane and Jasper. What's what's going on, fellas? One's good, man. Good, healthy. Feeling good. Feeling good, ready. All right, so um so you guys are involved in a lot of things, but one of the things that stand out is your involvement with the NBA. Like, what are some things that you guys um, will tell the incoming rookie class? Um, well, unfortunately, this year it doesn't look like we're going to have the rookie, what's called the RTP, Rookie Transition Program. Uh-huh. Right? So kind of the backdrop there every year, all of the, the rookies who are signed have to participate in four to five days of programming uh, with the NBA and NBA Players Association, which they – in which they call the rookie transition program. And what this is intended to do is to orient, you know, those rookies um, as best as possible to what they can expect uh, going into their uh, rookie year as, a, as an NBA player. Uh, things that they can expect, obviously, on the court, you know, kind of the everyday things that they need to expect, how they prepare as athletes. But then they, they really started to tap into helping the players better understand how their life is going to change, dealing with those expectations, and then also started to understand that with some of the content that they were putting in front of the players, they were starting to see, you know, some different type of responses that they weren't necessarily prepared for. So they started to incorporate psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, other mental health professionals into the process. and, And we are the group doctors. So we, are responsible for 13, 18 players for those four days. Um, you know, we, we all get shirts with colors, we're teams, and we process the information that's presented to them in large and small groups. Yeah, basically it. <laughs> <laughs> basically, right. You know, but, but we, we cover a little bit of everything, right? So we, we cover relationships, we cover finance, we cover um, domestic, you know, domestic relationship situations, we cover uh, substance use and or abuse, we cover gambling, Uh, we cover overall mental health and wellness, sleep, you know, how to be a pro, uh, what it means to be professional, responsible and, and take advantage of opportunity. The players get time with other players, they get time with coaches um, that they kind of have their private sessions with players only, players and and if they're coaches that will form a players, they participate. And, it's, you know, it's just a very real 
uh, four plus days of, of programming. So I think like this rookie class in particular, like they're dealing with stuff that like that previous classes that like they haven't dealt with. You got um the pandemic, you know, all the racial stuff that's going on in the world. Um, like, do you think like these events kind of factor into their decision to kind of go pro, even if they're kind of not like ready to go at the moment? Well, I, I think that there are a lot of factors associated with why these guys are going pro. Right. And I think that, you know, guys are understanding that there's a there's a commodity placed on your youth. Your youth and your ability to get into the league early, quickly understand the lifestyle of an NBA player, get that training in, in player development um, and maximize on what are some of their best and most impressionable years in their first two to three years in the league which in most situations contractually for a lot of these guys, that's the least amount of money they're going to make as a pro, um, you know, moving forward. Because after that second, third year, they enter free agency. And if you have performed very well, then, you know, based on, you know, what, what salary cap limits are and, and TV money, we've seen an exponential growth in contracts for players across the board. So, you know, I, I think that the NCAA doesn't do the players, you know, many favors with the rules, you know, and and players are starting to become, you know, a little more educated, better well-educated about some of that. And, you know, I, those are some of the decisions. You know, some guys are feeding their families. Fam, like, this used to be clear. They, they come from very humble beginnings. Some are broke and poor. And and, and, and and right now, you know, to be perfectly honest, to give just another end of the spectrum, right now you got to strike when the iron's hot, the best opportunity. I guess a lot of them are feeling like that because, you know, dudes are getting ranked and propelled based on highlight films and workout tapes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. So the fact that many of them, that many of them hadn't had the opportunity to compete against their counterparts. So now it's the hype behind you that could actually give you a chance to, you know, take a shot at your dream. And that's really all people have to go to. So if you can go and do a a decent workout, it's not like you competing against competition who had a chance Mm -hmm. to study you and do all stuff like that, scout reports and stuff. Right now you going, you going up against what your potential is and, how well you do in a workout. And some dudes are like, yo, you know, look, I, this is my best chance before I get exposed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know how it goes. Some people mm-hmm. come in with a high expectations and then they play against some people and then other people come in the, in the door and you be like, damn, I never expected him to show up. You know, so yeah, this is the best opportunity for certain people. All right. Um, earlier, Kendall mentioned um, something about um, the money being a factor. Like, I'm not going to say his name, but um, I was recently. Always a factor. Yeah. I was covering a game, I want to say maybe like in January. I'm not going to say the team either because I want to probably trying to guess. But dude was telling me like in college, he was taking money just to feed his family, just to keep the lights on. You know like, what? And to me, that was crazy. Not, not really. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, what, what did you think it would come to, right? You go into a college arena and the arena is packed out, packed out. People working, you got cameramen making salary. Everybody in there is making a salary and they're there to see you. The university is marketing and promoting you, right? Uh-huh. Do you think that I do not deserve to be compensated for that? That's, I mean, that's just common sense. You know, and we could talk, oh, well, you getting an education. Look, if I'm if I'm projected to go to the league, you know, people ain't thinking about education like that. I mean, the average guy with a college degree would not make in his in his whole working career what these players are making with their first guaranteed contract. Right? So we can ease off on that pedestal. We're like, that's that that's not this ain't crazy. You know, like you, you need to live your mother. You haven't had a, if you played ball seriously, you haven't had a summer job. Cause every summer mm-hmm. you playing you every day you playing, you got an agenda. So you ain't had a summer job to help your mom out. You probably bigger than the average kid. So you eating more, your clothes cost more, you know? So why shouldn't, why shouldn't it be reasonable to expect a young man with the opportunity to help his family out? Not to. Of course he would. Like that's that's just common sense. All right. And you mentioned like the big guys. Another interesting thing, um, like I'm not a psychologist or or anything, but um You not? <laughs> when I was growing up, like there was this dude, he was like I know he was past six nine at that point, and he was like sixteen at sixteen at the time. He told right. me like he would hate to walk by like little buildings. Like, he will always try and, like, walk against the biggest building because, like, he wasn't comfortable with his size. And, like, to me, I was like, man, if if I had just size, I would just be dominating over everybody. But, like, he just wasn't comfortable with, with it. I mean, do you know? Yeah, that's... Because you, ne- you never been 6'9 and 16. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you could guess. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, I would do a lot of things, you know, but you don't, you don't know because the world looks at people like that from a different lens. It's a different level of expectation. You're dealing with people's own insecurities, things of that nature. So, I mean, you don't, we don't know, but it's a good discussion to have, you know. Do you guys talk to, like, younger guys about that sort of thing? Maybe like high school uh, or junior high? I, I think that some of that is not as uncommon as it used to be because you have tangible examples of big guys that have embraced their size and they are being successful, right? So Shaq is a big guy that has embraced his size, right? And mm-hmm. he is he is wildly successful um, off the court, you know, with, with endorsements and, and presence. So... Some of that has drastically changed for guys. You do get, you do get guys who have concerns about how serious they're going to be taken outside of being an athlete. Um, you know, but but most of, uh, I'm not going to say most of them. I would say that guys that have issues probably with their size are also having some some more deeper self esteem issues, right? And and some legitimate concerns about you know, their own understanding of who they are, what they are, what they represent, better understanding themselves. And then, you know, 
how do they manage that, right? Because a lot of it for them is about managing expectations, right? They come into the league with expectations. They're drafted with certain expectations about them being able to produce. And the higher you're drafted, the more the more expectations that are placed on you about what you're here to do. All right. And um, about the expectations, like some people, they don't know how to deal with it. So like they like develop these coping mechanisms and like sometimes it's healthy and a lot of times it's not healthy. Like mm-hmm. It can be drugs, alcohol, whatever. But like, um, do you guys like talk about that too with, um, Absolutely. All we, the time. We, all the time. We, we definitely talk to them about setting goals, right? And, and sense of accomplishment and, and, you know, short-term to long-term goals. And then, you know, what they can control. So we talk a lot about controlling the controllables, right? Control the things that you can, the things that you can't control. You know, how much time can we spend on those things? So managing those expectations is about what you can control and what effort you're putting forth and the things that you can't control. You know, it, it, as hard as it, it, it is, you have to practice not being so concerned about those things. Yeah, very true. And that, but let's keep it. Let's keep it all the way real, too, man. Like. Athletes, especially especially if you want to talk about black athletes. Most of them coming from inner cities, right? So there's things coming at them with a different set of uh, circumstances, different different pace, different importance, different consequences. You know what I mean? You you coming from a place where the whole neighborhood, the whole community, so to speak, they they feel like they have a piece of you. Because in some degree, they do have, they, they have a piece of you. They need a piece of you. You know what I mean? That keeps it going. They Sometimes the community protects you, you know, so they feel like they have a different entree to you. But, and you try to give it back, you know? You want to show love to your folks and interact with them. But when you do that, you're you dealing with their, their uh, insecurities and their deficiencies as well. So that's a lot to ask for a young person. You know what I mean? To ask them to process it all, all at once. Because, I mean, shit, it's difficult for, for older people. All right, true. Kanan makes a good point, right? Think about this. Think about what you were like when you were 19, 19, 20, right? Like, I, I know what I was like in 1920. I was playing basketball at University of North Carolina, Charlotte, right? A Brooklyn boy down south going crazy. Right. At 19 to 20 years old. And I didn't have the pressure that these guys had. Right. I'm not getting million dollar money. Right. I'm not working on million dollar endorsement deals. That's that's not my concern at 19 to 20. So I think that part of the issue is, is that other people have so many expectations of them. And the way they're supposed to behave and the way that they're supposed to get these things right. Listen, man. You give me $40 million at 19 years old? Come on, bro. Yeah. What's yeah, the first thing you buy? Like, listen, fam, <laughs> at 19, listen, I, I will tell you this, right? My my dad was a strong influence. So, like, some of him, some of his voice is going to be in my ear about, K, you, you got to do this, you got to do that, right? 
but I'm a wild out, bro. I'm going to get something. Come on, man. Nineteen, nineteen. You legitimately, you can't even legitimately go out. Only thing you can really do is go to a restaurant, right? There's certain adult. You get an adult money, adult situational, life changing stuff, and you ain't even a full adult yet, right? And, so and the access is different. So so now. Before, at 19, I ain't had no cell phone. So if I get 40 million, the only people gonna know or can get in contact with me is the people that's around me, son. Now the joint sliding in your DMs, right? You you can't- Yeah, you everybody can't, know everybody everything knows. about you. Everybody everybody, knows. everybody know everything about you. Listen, I tell my guys all the time, right? They laugh at me. I say, look, man, y'all coming in here, like all of a sudden, you, you the sexiest man on the planet. Right. You ain't never been like, this handsome listen, in your life, homes. You've never been that handsome. Like, cut it out. Man, what are you doing? Like, you, you like, they like, yeah, doc. Like, I'm out here. I'm getting it. I'm like, calm down, bruh. Like, you are not, shorty is, maybe is not into you, bruh. She into that break. Right. Let's, let's be clear. Let's be very, and that's, those are the real conversations that, you know, Doctor or not, I I can have with them, and they appreciate that, right? Because because they get so much, they get so many individuals in their face, right? That are looking to appease them, right? And and sometimes they don't know how to deal with that level of resistance, or somebody saying, hey, "Look, man, I'm not buying that. Like, we're not here for that, right? You used to being coached." We're going to create this type of situation, but you have to understand what's in front of you. You know, and, and, and I know for, you know, if we talk about black folks, right? Black folks love the success of somebody, but they enjoy the tragedy as well. They can't wait. Right. And that's the crab in the barrel syndrome. Like, I think that's what it's called. It always it's, I mean, it's, you know what? Yeah. I, I hate that term. I hate that term. People using it, I know what it means, but I, I hate that term. You know what I mean? That crab in the barrel. Crab is just being a crab. That's what it's what it do. And it's not, and it ain't in the it's habitat is not the barrel. So true. Yeah. So if, if you if you put people in challenge situations, you're gonna get different behaviors outside of what they're normally designed to do. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, unfortunately that's where we in. But the fact is, is that. A lot of these young cats, physically, they're physically developed. They're physically superior past the, the age that they're supposed, you know, that they're supposed to be their, to their counterparts. You know, they are optimum elite athletes. However, mental experience-wise, they're still adolescent. And in some, in many cases, they're behind their counterparts because they haven't had to deal with the copings of the real world because they're going into structures. You going most of your life, you going into practices that are organized. You know what I'm saying? You get, you getting uniforms. People are treating you very different because you are an elite athlete. So you're not developing within the systems the way other people who don't have those luxuries are developing, you know? So you're dealing with a, a super advanced physical being in a, in somewhat of a, a, 
uh, deformed mental and, person. And, and, and that's not all of them, right? So I don't want to shortchange mm -mm. any of the guys, right? Because Definitely not all of them. And, 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 you know, because some of those experiences have helped them mature pretty quickly, right? But I think the other thing that you're fighting and, and what people don't realize is, you know, the average college basketball season doesn't go past 33, 34 games. And that includes the NCAA tournament. Now you're asking these young men to play 82 games, right? Travel um, pretty consistently, right? Leave, leave one place, maybe travel that night or leave the next night unless they play in a home and home with somebody or back to back in LA or, or somewhere like that where they, they don't have to leave. They play the latest Clippers, things like that. And then on the days that they are home, they have practice, but practice is the day is usually over for them by one o'clock in the afternoon, one one thirty. So they have the rest of their day to do what? Right. Uh, uh, they, they, it, some of them don't quickly identify what some of their other hobbies are, things that they want to learn, right? Maybe go back to school. So they spend a lot of time trying to figure out ways to fill those hours. And that's when, like, I feel a lot of players get themselves in a whole lot of trouble when they're bored. Well, well every human I mean, being, them, every human being them, does. Some of them get into trouble. Some of them have entourages and individuals that are with them who bring the trouble to them. Right. And, and it's very difficult for them to manage that because they they feel like they helped get them there. Right. So, my you know, they came along with me. Like they helped me get to this point. So they need to be able to enjoy this success or some of the levels of success in the same way that I'm enjoying. It. And it's and that's part of our relationship conversations with them about having very difficult conversations with family, friends, you know, you know, not, I don't want to call them hanger-ons because not all of them are hanger-ons, but certainly you have players that get presented with things as soon as they, they make it um, from friends and family members that it's very difficult for them to say no to. It's overwhelming. You know, tremendous amount of individuals on a payroll. Mm -hmm. And I kind you of... And I kind of wanted to um, talk about that because, like, sometimes in life, whether you're a ball player, writer, whatever, you just have to cut people off because, like, not all people, not all people, like, are good, are good for your like environment or Facts. good for your job or whatever. It's true. And like, they Absolutely. can be a detriment to you or they can elevate you. And and a lot of times, they're just bringing you down. And, like, and and a lot of guys deal with that guilt, right? Uh -huh. So even post having a tough conversation about cutting someone off, they still deal with the guilt. To a certain degree, they feel like they've betrayed their people, right? You start acting different, right? You you done made it, you done arrived. Now you acting funny. I knew you was going to do this. But, but right? let, let's not get it twisted. There's some degree of truth to that, man. Like, you have to, if you have the opportunity to elevate your people and your surroundings, then I think there's some degree of a responsibility for you to do that. Like when people tell these athletes, yo, sometimes you got to cut people off and say, wait, let's slow down with this for a minute. You know, before you cut people off, you got to see if there's a way that you can help your greater community, 
then there's nothing wrong with that. Every of every pe- people do this. Every groups of people do this, you know. But you got to see who's able to raise the bar, who's able to uh, invest in themselves to raise them up themselves up to a level where they can be a, of a help to you and not a hindrance. But you do have some leeway. If you wasn't making no money, all of a sudden now you have, you know, I don't know, out the gate, $10, 15000000 million guaranteed. You know, there's nothing wrong with investing a couple of dollars into your greater community to see if they can have, like, shit, LeBron's a perfect example of that. You know what I'm saying? Who, you know, his guys, they all stepped up to the plate. They all stepped up to the plate. They're like, y'all, we're going we gonna to keep up with this pace. And these dudes are doing phenomenal work, you know? But it took an investment. It took some commitment from him. And it took a lot of commitment from them to say, you know what? We are not going to do something to hinder him. Let me go over here. Rich Paul, I'm going to do this. Maverick, you're going to do this. Randy, they're going to do this. You know what I'm saying? And they all push their particular um, lanes up to the point where now <laughs> Bruno don't got to be nowhere around. These dudes could do certain things on their own, but they had it in it in them, and they worked hard to do it. I mean, it's clear and evident that they did. Especially Rich Paul. Like, he's just changing the way things are done in the NBA. I mean, all like, of them. Right. And it's not especially him. It's mm-hmm. that – that. He he definitely did what he was supposed to do with the lane that he was given. And you gotta you gotta shout LeBron for making people deal with his people. I tell I'll tell you this much, right? I'll tell you a story, right? And this is a story that I share with the guys. Right? So Essence, New Orleans, several years ago, right? We we are, it's me, my brother. Uh, LeBron, Chris Paul, Rudy Gay, um, Rich, um, Randy, right? We're all together. And uh, my my brother used to be the the main liaison between Essence, the festival, and all of the sponsors, right? Because of of, of his company, his marketing and branding company. So we're we're at an event, and it's just us having a conversation. Right. It's just us having a conversation. And one of LeBron's guys starts like bringing a whole lot of people into the section that we're in. Right. To the point where it's getting out of control. We can't have a peaceful conversation with each other. We were having a very in-depth conversation. Right. And LeBron turned to him and he said to him, and I quote, if you bring another person back here, I'm going to send you to the hotel for the rest of the night. Now, the most important piece is what happened next. His homie didn't say, F you, LeBron, right? You're trying to embarrass me. None of that. You know what he said? Bron, I got you. I respect that. I'm done. There was no more conversation about it. Right. Right? The rest of the night went off without a hiccup. The point is, is that clearly there's a respect that exists between them. 
that allows for that conversation to happen for it not to turn into anything more than what it was. Right. Respecting a man's wishes, period. Right. Those are the types of friendships and level of respect that have to be had for each other in order for us to sustain and and rise and and grow together. And, and not all okay. players have those individuals around them. And the individuals that you do have around you, you need to that are like that and, and, and can be the same way with you. You need to keep them close. Go ahead, you know, Jay, you was about to say something. Yeah, um <clears throat> that situation, like I feel like if um that was like somebody else, that could have went south real fast in a hurry. Absolutely. So like you have to applaud LeBron and um like his personal responsibility to himself, his brand mm-hmm. and the people mm-hmm. around him. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, like an amazing model for many others to follow. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you might not have that title of being one of the best to ever do it, but you still, by making it to that level, you are one of the best to ever do it because it ain't but so many slots, right? So you're one of the greatest in the world. So act appropriately. What you trying to do? You you got there, you did all that work to get there to do something stupid, <laughs> to, to put, you know, put yourself in a jam. But who's around folks to tell them the truth? You know what I mean? Like, I, I've seen certain things. I've seen, I've seen guys that would come up in a non-traditional way that would keep certain shit in line. I've seen West. I've seen Wes tell dudes, yo, get get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Keep that bullshit away from here. You know what I mean? Now, he might not have come and said it like, hey, guys, we're trying to have a, you know, a, this particular scene over here. Nah, he's like, yo, hold up. Stop, let's stop the BS right now. Y'all going to keep that over there. This is not for that. Blah, blah, blah. And because he was truthful, then guys were respected, right? So you got to have that element very present too, as far as far as I'm concerned, you know. All right. So like I, before we go, I kind of want to like transition to like the NBA bubble that we just have. Do you feel like that bubble environment, you know, kind of shaped the way certain players perform? Oh, absolutely, certainly, absolutely. I, I think that. Some some players flourished in the bubble and others didn't, you know, and and some of it is about mindset. Some of it is mindset associated with routine. Some of it was about the, the, the things that were going on outside of basketball that ha- were having a significant impact on on them. You know, right. the, you we can't detach the fact that you, you can't detach their, their culture and their race from a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? And, and and they are becoming more and more outspoken and more aware of their surroundings. And they understand that they're black men, right? And and they understand some of the preferential treatment that they get because they are world-class athletes and famous, right? But they also recognize that they can be like, your, your man, wasn't it Sterling Brown that was with the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. You know, you can be Sterling Brown. You can be... um. What's the French cat that, that they broke his leg in New York? Tabo. 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 
right? So, so they recognize and understand that. So that that was some additional pressure as well, you know. And I and I think that you know not you know Charles Barkley says that often is that you know role players play better at home than they do on the road, right? And the bubble took all of that role versus home situation away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and leadership comes into play, like. When they were in that bubble, you already knew that the Lakers were going to excel. You knew they were going to excel because they have a structured leadership on the plate. You got LeBron, you got Rondo. You know, in the locker room, you had even even an older guy like Jared Dudley, right? Who's just going to keep morale at a certain place. You know what I mean? Extremely, extremely important. Team like Miami. With a, with a Jimmy Butler under under a, uh, Eric Spolstra, who's under a Pat Riley, who, you know, who, under, who got like guys. You don't forget like Udonis Haslam. Yep. You don't, hey, I, I was getting there. I was, I was going to save Udonis Haslam. Yes. I'm, you look at uh, the emergence of a Bam out of Banjo, right? You know, Lonzo Mourning told me last year, he said, Kay, watch Bam this year, right? Watch him this year. But look at look at that. You know, you got that Pat Riley mentality in the room. You got that John Thompson mentality in the room because you got Lonzo Mourning there. You got Udanis Haslam in the room. You know what I'm saying? Who's been a vet forever. You know what I'm saying? Valuable. Then you got Jimmy Butler, who's a workhorse, whatever. Those type of dudes excel in situations like that because the leadership is going to reel them in. You know? Now... And then, then certain times you have the Clippers. They didn't have a vocal leader. They didn't have a vocal leader. Paul George is pretty chill. Kawhi pretty chill, right? They didn't have that, that vocal leader in that locker room that's going to reel them in, as opposed to a OKC. OKC overperformed. Why? They had Chris one Paul. of the best leaders ever. In that in that locker room, you know what I'm saying, and they gotta follow suit. They gotta follow suit. So we, you know, the bubble, that kind of containment is going. You know, certain people going to thrive in that, and then certain people are like, ah, you know, I ain't really going <laughs> to be here. You know, it ain't that big of a deal to me. I mean, but there's but there's a lot going on, right? So, you know, we're we're in the midst of the pandemic. A lot of misinformation that's out there. So there's some legitimate concerns that guys presented with, um, you know, but but you have to applaud the NBA and the PA on how they pulled it off. Zero positive tests. Right. The whole time they're in the bubble um, doing their right. best to accommodate. And I know that there was some concerns there, but, you know, it. It, it wasn't a perfect situation and they tried to make the best out, out of an imperfect situation. All right. Coming into this season, do you like kind of feel like if there's no fans in the arena, like, do you feel like some of those role players that, that, that you was talking about, um, do you feel that they might kind of like disappear again or, or a situation no, I, where like the vets, like, like, um, like Miami or the Lakers, 
might just excel again because they have that leadership and home court and fans really don't matter. Well, well, I think that that you speak to you you and Kanan have talked to the bigger issue, and it's about leadership and it's about being on one accord and everybody hearing the same message and 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 understanding what our job and role is. And I mm-hmm. think that that even even in situations where we're on the road, right? It's about leadership anyway. It's about the guys who are are recognized as the leaders, you know, setting the tone when we're on the road and 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 making everybody feel comfortable and understanding that everything's going to be okay because we're going to you know, we're going to get through this adversity and, and we're going you know, come out on top. Oh, so yeah. It, it, I think it's more about the leadership, as Kanan said, and setting that tone than anything else. Home, road, yeah. fans, no fans. Additionally, people going to adapt. Teams are going to adapt, right? So they saw what was successful. I, you know, you'd be foolish not to get a vocal leader on, on your team right now. You're a glue guy, you need a glue guy. You know, so that, that I mean, even from that perspective, um, some of these players are gonna say, oh, "Okay, I saw what I, what I did diff- You know what I could have did different. You know what I mean? They're gonna have to adjust to home life. I mean, just think about this, right? Think about many people coming from challenged environments, like even in our own families, regular people. We got a bunch of different stuff that's going on in our in our own homes. Imagine if we're the dominant." Uh, component in our household and now that's taken away and isolated and all the all the instability is left to deal with itself <laughs> you know what i mean you in here you know your mom and your sister ain't getting along your kid's mother and this ain't getting along you don't know if your son or your you know it's so much stuff going on and you can't even get to it to settle it down that's playing tricks on your mind too. You know what I mean? So it's a tough situation to be in. And then some people say, yo, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta opt out of this. I can't do this because my situation is way too fragile for me to, to, to step away from. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and, and with that being said, right? The, if we take nothing else from this, we should take away from the idea that money doesn't, doesn't, shield you from real life problems, period. Their, people's perceptions of it is they have nothing to worry about. Players are living these incredible lives. They're rich. They have all that they could ask for. Why are they complaining? What What's going on? What's their issue? They expect them in some, they expect that money to be some type of like bulletproof shield or you know, give them Superman armor. And that's not it at all. Right. Money doesn't save you from, from health issues, from mental health issues, from relationship issues. Doesn't save you from any of that. In, in some cases, it can make it worse. Right. And some and sometimes the money is the cause of all the problems. Facts. They think it's the answer, but it's really the problem. Hold up. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Nah, lack of understanding of what money can do brings you to problems. It ain't the money. 
It's a lack of understanding of what economics truly is and the effect of, you know, overexposure. Like you can't, you can't give, like you can't ask a, a three-year-old to go play on a 10-foot rim. You know what I mean? You can't ask them to do that. You know, but that's that's what happens. You give it when you give somebody an absorbent amount of money, what you do is accelerate their deficiencies because now I can do it. Nobody can tell me I can't do it, even though I don't know how to do it or I don't know the cause and effect of it. You know what I mean? So lack of understanding of what having a certain amount of money can do is the problem. You know, it needs to be economics are not taught to us growing up like that. And to give somebody a crash course, that's cool. But the but the reality of it is to retain a lot of that stuff and practice it when natural urges are there. And again, you you give somebody, you give somebody the average person $10 million. Like you're gonna see the best and the worst of them. Period. Period. That's that's just natural behavior. I you know I be saying this joke, right? And I understand economics. I understand economics. You know, it is like we, you know, we all right. You know what I'm saying? So, but let somebody like me hit the lottery, right? Like, oh, I had two hundred million dollars today. By next week, I have one hundred and ninety-five million. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because he's gonna have to give me 2.5. I'm blowing. I'm just saying the first week, I'm just going crazy. I mean, you're gonna see the best and the worst of people when you give them, you know, and overexposure will destroy any picture. Oh, right. Facts, man. Any picture yeah. overexposed. And, so. and 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 on the readout from the RTP when they get the feedback from the guys, there's certain topics that they wish we spent more time on. And finances is always at the top of that list. They don't feel like we spend or they would they would like to see more time spent on a discussion about finances and management of their finances. Right. Because a lot of them don't want to be they don't want to be the guy that years down the line they're talking about how he squandered all of his all of his his earnings. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. They don't want to be that guy. I remember um like right before I graduated college there was this um there was this guy. He showed us how fast a million dollars can go. I'm like, I'm like, damn. We do like, that. A million dollars is not really a lot of money, and yeah, and I'm that's thinking, one of the examples that we use. We yeah. put it on a sheet of paper. We say, look, you got a million dollars. Let's talk about how the taxes will eat away at that. Okay, now what you want to do? You want to get your mom a house, right? You want to get you a whip, right? Now you want to get you a nice piece. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain things you want to do. Oh, you want to go on vacation. You want to turn up with your homeboys, right? It's right? We, we have that conversation with them. And we it's put it gone. on paper and we let them know, look, fam, you in a hole now a negative 130,000. <laughs> you <laughs> gone. You, that's gone, bro. It's gone. And the, the interest, you didn't, you didn't buy your mom the crib, you know, um, cash. You know, you went you probably went modest, even if you went modest, you know, you say million dollars I'm buy because mom can't stay back in the hood. Yeah. Mom and dad can't stay in the hood. So you gotta move them out, right? See where you going, move them out somewhere. Oh, let's say you buy mom half a million dollar crib. You ain't buy you ain't pay it off in cash. You know what I'm saying? 
Some guys realize they ain't even got enough bread left to buy their old crib. Yeah, you sitting up there, you living in a like, condo. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna have to live in this Lamborghini truck. <laughs> you in the condo, you know, you you got now now you feel you want to be the dude you wanted to be. You got you got chicks in three, four different cities. And you can't go to their regular crib, so you got them in condos. You know what I'm saying? You got them in condos. My mm-hmm. chick, I'm gonna get a condo, though. You know, what's, what's a little three grand, four grand a month times four? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ow, ow. Times bills. Oh, she she got to look like my chick. You know what I'm saying? So now she need the purse. And then and, and, and before you know it, like you said, you 130 underwater. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing for insurance, investments, none of that. Mm-hmm. Right. None of that. None of that. And you don't get your MBA, your MBA, your retirement doesn't start until after like you have to have a certain consecutive amount of months as a signed player in order for you to be eligible for pension and retirement. Right. All right. So um, our time is running short. So on that note, like I want to thank you guys for coming on. Like I really, I really learned a lot, you know, about money management, you know, um, my surroundings, people around me, you know, behind the scenes of the NBA. Um, do mm-hmm. you um, do you guys have any new or upcoming projects that you're working on? Yeah, we got our we got our own situation. I don't really, I don't know if I'm gonna call it a podcast because it's a little bit more integral than that, you know. But we're gonna be addressing a lot of a lot of issues as it pertains to black people, as far as and all people. But you know. Certain quells, certain remedies. We involved. We, you know, it's very interactive with live applications and stuff like that. We we intend to change the face of what tr- traditional uh, mental health and wellness uh, pieces look like. You know what I mean? Really going going aggressive on that. We 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 deal with you know. Listen, man. There's a lot of non traditional things going on. So it only it's only right to incorporate what they would consider non-traditional yeah. approaches and sometimes approaches that aren't necessarily politically correct. What yo tell me kicks and bricks though. What like where you get that from? What what's what's the kicks and bricks? Explain that concept. concept. It's just mostly about um well kicks is self-explanatory sneakers. Sneakers? Yeah. And well you ain't saying nothing about no sneakers yet. I know son what's up with the shoe game. Listen fam I'm a what shoe you got on right now. Dude. I'm a shoe dude. Oh son. me I got I got something light on right now. I don't, I don't, just um, Air Jordan 13s. Mm, light. Okay. Yeah, I don't mm. got nothing cool on. He might not know the number, son. I don't yeah. know the number. I don't know the number. I know what light two ones I are. Got... Wait, I no, no. Those. Actually, I, I have one of the flu game 12s. Okay. You got the flu game 12. Oh, the flu game. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm super light today. I just got on some, some New York versus New York Air Force Ones today. I'm real lights, huh? I'm I'm retro. I'm retro. I got on. I got on Delta flights, son. I got on Delta flights. Hold up, they, what, I can, can I get my leg up? I got. <laughs> I can't. I can't even get my leg. I got. You know. I got the Delta. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, okay. I got the Delta flights on. I'm telling you, man. Yo, these joints. Barkley used to wear these joints. Yeah, no doubt. See these joints. Okay. See my joints. Where my joints at? Hold up. You can't go wrong with classic stuff. Nah, son, get my choice okay. on. Okay, okay, son. Oh, I got, got my choice on. 
I see you. Losing it a little bit. You What'd guys you buy, have you guys bought any new kicks lately? Uh yeah. Every too much probably. <laughs> and I I I got too a problem. Much. Too I much. A, I got a problem. Yeah. I got the well, you know, I got the love on the on the connect activity. So I just mm -hmm. got the I got the union joints. Um word. Shout out to the yeah. connects of the world. Shout out there. Neck all day. Family. I'm gonna start, start checking my connects chin, cause y'all ain't acting right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I so you know shout the connect. You know it was a, it was rough for a minute during the pandemic, son. It was it was you know it was slim pickings, but I got I got I got connects out there. But then I don't got connects on the stuff I like. You know, like I wear kicks and stuff like. But I'm you know I got a little bit finesse taste, man. I like you know I like my Alexander McQueens and. You know, that boy wear like them go that. He wear that Cosby going guard trail, son. <laughs> Come on, man. I like, I, you know, I got a like different kind of palette these days. You know what I'm saying? My, you know, yeah. and, they, and they ain't giving no connects or notes. Dudes is like, nah, Slim. Come up in here, drop that joint. Gotta drop that black card. Over the head. <laughs> We're gonna hit you over but, the head. But I'm more of a traditional colorway cat, though. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like, I, I don't really like I don't go too far outside of the traditional colorways on 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 any of my J's, things like that. I just, you know, I'm, I kind of keep it basic flow with the colorways. The last yeah, thing I, I brought I, was um the Travis Scott joints a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. I had to, yeah. I mean, like I was good on sneakers like this whole year. Like I haven't bought sneakers since like 2019. But, I wish I had that kind of discipline, dude. I just, be, I be seeing something. I be like, and then when I go to different cities, you know, you got to pull up and see what's, oh yeah, what's facts, popping man. over there. You might see some colors you ain't seen somewhere else or dudes might have something stored away. You know, you'd be like, nah, I'm I'm definitely grabbing. You know, Boston is a good sneaker city. They got Bodega up there. I mean, like, mm -hmm. that's my mm -hmm. spot. Yeah, they got it's, it's some joints around the country. I ain't giving my I ain't giving my little hideouts away. I just Plus, talked to my man today, Bobby Simmons. Shout out to Bobby Simmons. That's success. NBA he got a he got a spot in Chicago called Success. Right. I don't you know, know if you have a but Plus, I I got some, you know, if I really need to get that heat, I just you know I call on on them yeah, call the the mercenaries. <laughs> I call on the mercenaries. I call call Clark Kent up. You know what I'm saying? I call I call a few guys, man. Dre up. You guys I, I, mess I, with Mayor before? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I brought call a pair, um, two pairs actually of um SB dunks from him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He gave me a good deal on it. I'm like, please don't break my pockets. That's what up. You know. <laughs> now it's a bartering system. Like, look, bro, I need this. I got you over here with this. <laughs> You know, like, 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 if I asked Clark for something, I, he wouldn't even let me pay him. He wouldn't even let me pay him. Like, real talk. Yeah. That's the big bro. Like, he, he wouldn't even have let friends me. like that. Yeah, that's more than friends, man. That's family all the way. But, you know, but I, I that's, a, that's a, in case of emergency break glass. You know, that's, that's one of them. You know, I got like three kicks like that, like. I got Air Max yeah. just in case. No. Mm -hmm. Dawi, public school, Dawi, public school, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Dawi yeah. child. You know, got them got them good Michigan Jordans, public school Michigan Jordans. 
Woo. I'll yeah. throw you a number, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, my sons, you might have to fight my yo. Yeah, that, that's the thing, man. We, I don't know if you got kids, but my sons are 24 and 19. So anything loaded like that that come through, yo, they on you like hyenas, man. Listen, like, fam, my sons are 15. And my old, my two oldest sons are 15 and 13 now. And they, they, are, they are closing in on my shoe size, right? So, fam, they, they be in my closet like homie. You got to come up off all of this. I'm like, Ooh, man. Mines don't even ask no more. If the box come to the crib, they don't even ask. They, they open it when I'm not even there. So sometimes stuff come, I don't even know it's there. No doubt. You know, so as I see them wearing it, I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a good look right there. You got it like, like that? They'd be like, you welcome. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> you, know, I, you know. I've done a lot of good things for people. You know what I'm saying, Jay? Like, you know, it's Brooklyn love. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. No know? doubt. So what what about bricks? We know what kicks is. What about bricks? Oh, though? bricks is just L's. L's? Yeah. Catching L's? Yeah, you know, you if you're going sneakers and um you want a pair of like whatever and then it's sold out in like two mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah, like the PS5. Yeah, pretty PS5. much. Yeah. yeah, I caught an L this week. You know, I was on three different computers. My son had me working. I'm like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> He was like, yo, just press refresh and stuff. I'm like, yo, dude. I mean, I thought I had one. I had one in cart. I went to pay for it. It's out of stock. I said, Stock X has them for like double the price if, if you want it that bad. <laughs> right, Stock X. <laughs> nah, Sam. <laughs> I don't I don't want it. He wanted it. He wanted it. It's like that, man. You guys play 2K? Cause if you um looking for this fade, man. My listen, fam. I, oh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I played double dribble back in the day, fifty. So listen, corner, corner three is good money. Now I play NBA Live. You know, I don't, I don't really play. But you give me okay. a couple of days, I, I. Nah, I, I tell you what, you catch that love on you that. Play mag. my nephew. Play my nephew. You, you can catch that play love my on nephew. Mag, his no, his son, the youngest mag. one. I don't know, Slim. You know, I stay in Bushwick, man. You set it I up. Know. I know. <laughs> no we, doubt. Listen, we put some listen, money my, on it. My young boy, my young boy, be on that two K. Both, both, both my young boys, my thirteen and my twelve, they be on that two K, son. Man, I whoop old people, young people. <laughs> yeah, he he you like Dave Chappelle. He like Dave Chappelle in that video. <laughs> Pick up them sticks. <laughs> Word up, yo! Listen, it's all good. I let them know. I tell them pull up on you. No matter yeah. what team. Yeah, he, wow. that's how they do it, too. You talking that cash shit, too. That's how they do it, son. They, 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 they just randomly pick a joint. They go I get can it. never get into it. I remember one time, one time, I ain't been on a train in so long, but I remember one time I'm on a train, you know, and we hoop, man. You know, we hoop for real. So I'm on a train. I'm watching these young dudes talk on a train, and I'm like, they giving real good combo. Dude's like, what? Crazy? He's like, yo, I have 40 on him the other night. Whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, all right. Young is getting it in. Because, you know, you know, the parks had kind of like slowed down in New York for a while. You know, back when I was coming up, every park, every park you go to was hot. You know what I'm saying? You just see, yo, who over there? Dudes would go mob up over there and we playing. So I'm thinking, oh, shorty's is getting it back in. It was like, I right, fit. Then dude was like, 
yo, I had 50 the other night. I'm like, and I looked at him like, 50? Damn, who's he playing against? Man, whatever, whatever. 50. I'm like, all right, Holmes. Like, then he was like, then I found out they talking about 2K. <laughs> I said, what? I said, 40. I'm like, yo, man, I was so hurt and heartbroken. <laughs> like, it's like, yo, man. Come on, yeah, I, I tell my I tell my sons, y'all want that 2K, y'all can come outside and get some of these real life. I'll give you some 2K I'm, for real. I'm in fairly, I'm still in fairly good shape. So, you know, and I'm good for it. We play the 10, a little knockout the 10. Don't I mean, give me the ball first. Y'all might have a problem out in these streets. I mean, we can go to Hope Gardens and like get a game of Utah in. Son, I'm with all that. And you can take that brick, that L you talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's 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 serious. <laughs> you could definitely take that break right there. I serve whoopings on the court too. Uh, I hear that. As long I mean, as, I, as long as I get the ball first. I, I, I heard you say something about cash yep. before. I got. It. I lock up, yo, Mel. Listen, okay. Man, I, I lock up, baby, bro. So man, I, don't I understand. I don't I know if you could tell. I don't know if you could tell how you know how tall. We are, or how tall I am, or whatever. On, but there ain't no little dudes over here. I see you guys. That don't matter though. Yeah, <laughs> that don't matter. You know what I'm saying? I post you up all day. Fair. Right. You got to get there first, though. Listen, right. you got to get there first. All right, so, I'm, um, I'm gonna tell you why that don't work. I'm gonna tell you that because you're not a post up player. You you not the height of a post up player. You are God. You are God's height. So now you coming into some place that's uncomfortable for you. You think it's gonna work? All right. Wow. It ain't gonna work, fam. All right. So what? So this is so we're basically in Thanksgiving now. Now I can find a. I get a gym for you. Nah, it's it's Matt Cole out here. How about <laughs> no? <laughs> nah. How about um? That's that backpedaling. No, I ain't no backpedaling. <laughs> Mid-December. School. Mid-December at Thanksgiving. You need to work some of that turkey off and all that. And we can bring we can bring whatever you want. That's give that give me even more time because all I'm gonna do is continue to go to work. You yeah. know, I'm in the gym. Listen, man, my my uh my oldest son just started playing high school basketball. So and I he going to the high school that I graduated from in, in North Carolina. So, and, and I'm strongly affiliated with the program. I coach them in, in the fall league, the whole nine yards, because the coach is my guy. So I stay in the gym all day. That means I'm going to just ratchet it up. So when it's time to go, listen, I'll let you and Kate figure it out. Yeah, now nah, listen, listen. There's a whole like, bunch of heads, a whole bunch of heads on this wall <laughs> from your hood. I got, from a hundred, your hood. I got a hundred bucks on it. Okay, oh, wait. I like that. All right, I mean, what we doing? Like, what we doing? What we doing? You get, like hold that. on. You you get double. I get double for a shutout. Seven shutout. Ooh, wait a minute. Oh, I get double for up. seven shutout. I ain't no herb like that. You ain't. You, you, you know I'm just saying. Up. I'm just saying. It's kicks and bricks. How about I play you for them Travis Scotts? What's, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what size you wear? Jay, Third, what size you wear, bro? Thirteen. Oh, I all right, cool. You, you one me. size off. You one size I'll off. Be a size nine, son. I can't. That <laughs> you one size off. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
put, I can't put, help them, you tra- put them Travis up. You know, you can see them joints flying away. You'd be like, yo, them, them wings on the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I got, I have your phone numbers, man. We'll we'll set Definitely. this up, and Absolutely. um, I'll bring my camera guy, and and then we'll see. Bushwick, don't they still got that Salvation Army right there on, on Bushwick Avenue? That's my block. Yeah, that's, I know. I know. Right there. I, I Listen, I know your block better than you. you you're a youngin'. You know what I'm saying? You got only thing. You got to be careful shooting from the side because, you know, the way it's designed in there, you got to. But I done put it so, man. You know, Sal- Salvation listen, Army, 377. All um, that. Hope don't y'all let me know in advance. Put all um, that work in. Listen, put all that work in. in Bushwick High School. Bushwick High School. They used to open that up for money games for us, man. I'm yeah, there. Y'all let me know. No, Mid-December. No. I know what Mel doing. Mel said mid-December because he adding up how many, how many <laughs> shots and that work he could get in before. Yeah. He like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go in the lab real quick. He going to see that post up don't work. He be like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Student, yeah, give me that. I'm putting now. Come putting, out, come out here to this world. Hey, and anything behind the line, any behind the line is two. They count at two. That's two. All right, that's that's fine with me. Right. So that, that eliminate that old post up garbage you trying. <laughs> you be like, man. Oh, I'm down six zero. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> But All but right. thank you for having us, my brother. For Appreciate real, it, man. Share right. your platform, fam. And also, you know, you know, it ain't got to call about just ball, man. Call about anything, man. You got some inquiries and stuff like that. Anything, man. We could talk. We could talk about this culture all day, man. And uh, like I said, I got some real good partners over there, right around the corner from you. Uh, you know, some really good good folks over there. All right, man. Thank you. All right, fam. Thank Absolutely. you, Thank you my brother. All right, you too. All right. Stay safe, fam. Peace. Damn.